How about this fucking team right here? Dustin Brown, short-handed for LA. Score! Here is Goligoski. He gets leveled at the blue line by Dowdy. Food for it, cheer for uh, Kind of like it. Richard throws it in front. Carlos scores! Well done, boy. There's some swagger. Push down to show if we're going to get it done. This is for you, Kings fans, wherever you may be. Hey everybody, welcome to the Thanks Bud Post Game mini podcast. We are talking today about round two, game five. The Kings lose 4-3 to the Anaheim Ducks in Honda Center, so it makes it the first game that was not won by the road team. Um, I feel like that score kind of makes it sound like the game was closer than it really was, except for it wasn't close till the end. It's a very misleading score, that's for sure. 4-3 sounds like a close game, you know, maybe trading chances back and forth, a goal back and forth, but uh, not so much with that, with uh, Anaheim dominating for most of the second period and goals scored. And in scoring chances, too, I mean, at the end of the game, uh, Nick from Jules and Crown tweeted out that scoring chances overall were even at 19-19, but um, the Kings were still sort of outworked there at even strength. And also, like, still, it didn't really happen until the end of the game. The Kings had possession, like, better possession numbers throughout the night. But when it comes to getting those, like, quality shots in the scoring chance area, they were still outworked there, uh, making it the second game in the row where they've had better possession, but Anaheim still manages to capitalize. Because, again, also in the third period, they outshot Anaheim a bunch. Yeah, 14 to 2. The, LA, the Kings, like, outshot the Ducks again by such a wide margin. This time, 42 to 24. And it makes every bad bounce or just, like, no one being in front of the net more frustrating. I feel like everybody sort of reacted the same way at the end of the game. It was a frustration that the Kings, of course, brought it back to within one goal. But just also overall uh, anger and frustration with the fact that it seems like this team hasn't really shown up for this series, at least not consistently, and at least not more than like a period at a time. Yeah, because while they did win two games, and I'll, I'll give them the game two of it, but the first game was kind of, you know, last minute heroics. It's been a pretty lackluster series by the Kings, and I, I don't know why. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. Like, I don't know why either. I can't figure out what it is about them that they seem to come in not prepared. And even during the game, I saw several tweets that were like, yeah, like the Ducks are playing well, but what's baffling is how badly the Kings have been playing. They have played throughout this postseason some terrible defense at times. Um, Jonathan Quick has either been really bad or really good in games, and then sometimes not good again like tonight I I was when they were down 4-2 I was like all right I'm fine with it they've lost this one I'll accept it but then when they you know brought it back to uh, within one goal I was like now I'm so frustrated about the fact that Jonathan Quick couldn't make another save he let in four goals on 24 shots and Sure, you can try to argue that some of those goals weren't his fault or whatever you want to do, like there were defensive breakdowns, but it's like four goals on 24 shots. You can't convince me at any point that that is a good number. <laughs> That's not a good yeah. ratio. At the end and at the end of the day, it's not like the Kings were playing awful defense, so Jonathan Quick definitely should have s- saved a few of those 
Like, he's not, he's not without blame. Like, we can't blame everyone else for it. Right, yeah. Everybody, everybody is fully complicit in this loss. From Jonathan Quick giving up too many goals, the defense being sloppy in ways that don't even make sense. Because Good it's job, like, uh, Alec Martinez, just passing directly to Ryan Getzlaff for that goal. Yeah, what, what was that? Why, why are you doing that? And then... Um, Jake Muzzin falling down early in the game oh my for gosh. no reason <laughs> and allowing the Ducks to get an early opportunity that turned into a goal. And then, of course, like we already mentioned with the forwards, like, sure, you have a lot of shots, but where get into the slot. Like, get into the places where people score goals from. Get more traffic in front of the net. I It's so confusing to me. Jake Muzzin was annoying to me this game. I, and I will admit that I only half watched because it was very annoying and very boring and I was getting very frustrated with watching the Kings do anything. But the the few moments that I noticed Jake Muzzin doing things, one was uh, his falling down in the corner. Of course, everyone knows that one. And then he was just like handling the puck back in the King zone and, you know, well away from anyone and he goes to just like pass it up the ice and fans on it no pressure from anyone not a single person he's just hanging out by jonathan quick and completely fans on his pass and so whatever ducks player was there is like oh are you gonna fail at you know playing basic hockey and like kind of tries to pressure for real you know instead of the fake sort of pressure when uh the kings are trying to set up you know whatever they're trying to set up so uh that was fun good job Good job, Jake Musson, for oh, that one. what a fail. That reminds that me frustrating. of probably not as bad, because I do feel like on this particular play, like, I think at the time we even talked about that it just seemed like creativity on the part of Jonathan Taves, but that one of the games against Chicago during the regular season where the puck was sort of loose in the Kings and Jake Muzzin goes to get it and he's being chased by Jonathan Taves and Jonathan Taves drops back. And so Jake Muzzin is the first person to this puck, but he still manages to let Jonathan Taves outthink him and pretty much gives it up to Jonathan Taves, who then passes it to another Blackhawk coming in so late on the play, and then they score on Ben Skirvin, I believe, was the person in net. So why? Why? What are you doing, Jake Muzzin? You're <laughs> so good sometimes and then so worthless other times, and I just... I just want you and the rest of this Kings team to be consistent. That's all I want. Uh, at this point, that would be the best. Like, I don't... I, if they were just playing poorly and it was, like, luck that got them through the first round and, you know, they were just consistently not great, fine. I will call this postseason a wash and, like, start over a new next season. But they are just so inconsistent about, like, these streaks of greatness and then streaks of just hot garbage. It's so frustrating. And I think that's the part that's that that's just most frustrating to me because it seems like, at least especially in the losing streaks, it's like they don't learn. Right, yeah. We're going to do literally nothing different. And once again, while I do find him enjoyable as a player, Devontae Smith-Pelly is annoying the shit out of me. Ugh, go away. Or actually, the, the Kings <laughs> are annoying the shit out of me for letting Devontae Smith-Pelly hang around. I'm pretty sure we said it last podcast or the podcast before that, but why are you letting him hang around in front of Jonathan Quick? It's like, I don't understand that. Why would you let that happen? He is a known king's killer, essentially, is what we were joking about. So why do, why would you continue with that? Like right now, the Ducks should know, don't let Marion Gabrick anywhere near us. Right. <laughs> Part of it with Smith, with Smith Pelly is that the Kings can't handle Ryan Getzlaff. And then they 
like they've shown on that uh, goal, was that in game one? Um, they overcommit because they don't know how to figure out how to hold off Ryan Getzlaff. Like, at best, it seems like the top line, when they can get them matched up, will cancel out Getzlaff's line. Um, but still, it's like, all right, so now we're focused on making sure we don't let Ryan Getzlaff get anything done. Oh, but look, we've still sort of left this other person who's not Corey Perry hang around. It's it's frustrating seeing things, well, I don't know if, like, easily fixed, but things that I sh- feel like should be paid more attention to, mm-hmm. uh, just not. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have this take a turn for just a moment. Mm-hmm. I would like to celebrate... All-American hero, Trevor Lewis, Yeah, for a goal yeah. to tie it up in the first period, making it look like this game was going to be okay. <laughs> that would all change later in the second, but Trevor Lewis, what a gem. Very excited for him. That was, it's always fun when Trevor Lewis scores. Um, if only he could have really stepped up his game and uh, gotten like two more goals tonight. That would have been perfect. Literally every time Trevor Lewis gets a goal, we immediately raise our standards to, like, why doesn't he just get a hat trick? <laughs> like, almost immediately, this is where we're at. Our Every we single time. Raise the bar so quickly. Well, he can score one, so obviously he can score three. Why not? Sure. <laughs> Someone who did come close to that, though, uh, Marion Gabrick, who seems to just get it done whenever he feels like it. Pretty much. He just, like, does what he wants. And he's, I mean, he's crashing the net and just taking, like, second looks at whatever um, someone sends Gibson's way from the point and, you know, just make sure it, it hits the back of the net. And I love it. I love Marion Gabrick. I would like to throw money at him, stripper style. <laughs> so, okay, I hate to, like, be this person because I feel like it seems really defeatist because the Kings have not actually been eliminated. But... Obviously, at this point, I feel like it's a given that the Kings have to re-sign him, right? So my question is to you is not who they get rid of, but is there anybody on the roster that you wouldn't touch to sign Marion Gabrick? Oh. Well, there's, like, the typical people who are never go like, who wouldn't be traded. Like, yeah. Dowdy wouldn't be traded. No, you know? no he's not going to. Jonathan Quick's not going to be traded. He's not going to Jeff- either. Jeff Carter's not going to be traded. Kopitar's nope. not going to be traded. No, Kopitar has I don't- to be married to Gabrick, so... so <laughs> that's, that's, that's right, that's true. <laughs> we're we're tra- uh, chaining them to the Staples Center. Yes. Um, so I feel like the people, the biggest candidates are, of the top guys, are... Uh, Stoll. Stoll. Stoll, kind of. Williams, Williams. Brown. Brown, Richards. Of the, like, staple guys who've been part of the core and were there when they won the cup. So of those people, is there anybody that you'd be like, don't touch that guy? I know who I would say don't touch that guy, but I have a, like, terrible feeling that they might, and that's Justin Williams. Ugh. Yeah, that would break my heart. I don't want him to go. I Once again, I'm just like, take Stoll. Take him. I do like Stoll a lot, but I feel like um, Justin Williams has more of an upside, and uh, I know that he's getting up there in age or whatever, but I still think that he does a lot for the team, um, and is much more, like, having him on the roster is a bigger advantage for the Kings than Stoll. I don't, I can't remember if I said this on this podcast at any point, but I know I've said it to you, is that I think if, like, if Dustin Brown is not having a bad year, and this this is my issue for why I feel like it's harder for Lombardi to trade still. I feel like my issue is if Brown is not having a bad year, if he's having a pretty good year, and even this year when he wasn't scoring, he was still shooting a lot, and his possession numbers f- for most of the time were good. 
So if Brown is having an okay year on the shooting side, like his shooting percentage is up, I feel like he, and it has been shown with them juggling these like top lines, Justin Williams and Dustin Brown on a line with Marion Gabrick and Hopitar are basically interchangeable. And so I feel like that makes it harder for them to argue to keep Justin Williams, who's older. And that sucks because I love having Justin Williams around, but I wouldn't be surprised if they chose to trade him because, of course, there were all those rumors that they've shopped him before. I don't like it. What's funny, though, is that um, – so I've been watching everyone kind of discuss the uh, the Gabrick re-signing or how, what the Kings will have to trade. And I'm, like, secretly hoping in my heart of hearts that Dean Lombardi has some, like, nefarious plan to give someone a bag of nickels <laughs> or something like that and do some weird trade thing that I'd be okay with with some lesser players to clear up some space and keep Gavrik. Yeah. Well, then who would you get rid of? Like, Because I feel like trading stole, that's not quite enough money. So you'd have to maybe, I mean, I don't know. Maybe if you don't, if if I'm correct in my feeling all season that they're not going to re-sign Matt Green, like maybe that's enough. I don't know. I would have to look at it. I don't know the numbers off the top of my head. Yeah, I, but... I don't know any of the numbers off the top of my head, but I'm pretty fine with getting rid of most other people except for like the rookies and stuff no don't touch tanner pearson don't touch tyler defoley that those are my don't touches for the unless team. they're unless they're <laughs> hugs don't touch them <laughs> yeah only touch them to love them i feel like a trash bag saying this but oh no am i gonna hate you I, <laughs> mike richards Oh, no, I'm not going to hate you. <laughs> I feel like you kind of could just trade Mike Richards. Is that shitty? I feel like you could do it, though. You could, and you could make a an argument for it. I don't know how likely it is. I don't know. Yeah, I don't feel like the franchise has indicated that they're done with Mike Richards, especially because the only person I've really heard that from is, like, Dennis from the fourth period, and I trust him 0%. I, I, for me, as a person who's watching and just thinking about how this team is set up, it's like right now you have him on the fourth line and he's very expensive. And if we're also assuming that they're not ready to give up Jared Stoll, where do you put Mike Richards if you're going to keep Jeff Carter at center? If you're going to have, you know, one C Andre Kopitar, he's not going anywhere. Mike Richards can't be almost $6 million and centering the fourth line. Not when you need to re-sign Mary Gabrick. Yeah, maybe Gabrick will just sign for very cheaply. A girl can dream. Marion Gaprick is like, cool, just give me Dustin Penner money. <laughs> oh, if only. Um, I'd be, uh, I'd be, uh, I'd be, okay, this is where feelings come in. I'd be okay with a Mike Richards trade as long as he was happy. It's basically my thing. As long as he wasn't, like, rudely snatched away from Philadelphia when he wasn't expecting it, then if like, wherever he goes and he's cool with going there, then I guess I'm fine with it. I think that Le- Dean Lombardi did a pretty good job of basically letting Jonathan Bernier pick where he got traded to. So I think he could do the same for Mike Richards. I don't know if we've ever talked about it on this podcast, but um, Chanel and I constantly look on CapGeek about how Dean Lombardi has no one with a no-trade clause. Yeah. Or no-movement clause. Except for Gabrick, who came in with one, but no one else. It's amazing. It's amazing. Like, we have, we have so many feelings about that. It's it's actually kind of gross, I would say. Well, I mean, for a team that's considered a contender, like, that's insane. Uh, yeah, so the, the culture of love and <laughs> there is, is fantastic. 
um, when I think about, like, that Bernier thing. Yeah. Like, especially, but, like, okay, so where would you like to go? All right, we'll work with that. So, if Mike Richards is happy, then We'll pick it together. Fine. I think Dean Lombardi would do his best to make sure that Mike Richards got to go somewhere he didn't totally hate. Uh, but that's all just, uh, you know, shooting the shit on that one, because the Kings are currently down 3-2. Right, yeah. So, how do you feel about Game 6? Do you think they win that one? I don't know. <laughs> I'm more... Uh, I'm, like, more nervous about these games than I was about the Sharks games. Yeah. Um, Flover McGee on Twitter sent out a tweet that, you know, was... I don't have it in front of me, so I can't read it to you. But it was basically saying, um, you know, I didn't expect to have less faith in the Kings' ability to win two games versus the Ducks rather than four versus the Sharks. But here we are. And that is the most accurate tweet. Yep. Because the Kings have to win two in a row against the Ducks. And that sounds scary. I, yeah, I have no idea if the Kings win game six. I would like them to, I think, maybe not. I don't know. Do I want to continue to do this? Who knows? Um, but if, if they lose... would wake up, like if yeah. they show any sort of fight in the first period, then I'll feel better about it, win or lose. But if they continue to play like the way they're playing, then I'm like, oh, just lose already. Right, yeah. If, if I, if anything, like that's what I'm rooting for is for the Kings to play 60 minutes of good hockey. That's what I want to see. That's what I'm rooting for. I don't care if they win. I don't care if they lose. Just play a damn full game. And then I will call it a personal victory. I actually lied. Now that I said it out loud, I want the Kings to win. And they should win. And they better win. Damn it, Diane. (laughs) I try to go all, like, um, hopeless and whatever. Or, like, the Rihanna song. Um, (laughs) But I just, I can't. I want the Kings to win. I think they can do it. That's fair. That's fair. I'm a big I, old gross optimist right now. All right, let's stick with that. I like optimism. It's fine. I'm drinking a beer. It's cool. So, Kings win game six. They like playing with their backs against the wall anyway. And then it's game seven again, and we love game sevens. They're really fun in game sevens so far. So, uh, let's go for it. Do it, Kings. Go, Kings, go. Hopefully. <laughs> all right. So, until next game, everybody, take care of yourselves. Try not to strangle any Ducks fans that you come across, and we'll catch you next time. Goodbye. Bye, friends.